Welcome to the Life Course podcast from the ESRC International Centre for Life Course Studies at UCL. I'm Emma Walker, a PhD student at UCL and guest host of this episode. Today we're talking about young people's attitudes to social media and how spending too much time on platforms like Snapchat and Instagram might affect their mental health. My guests are Luce Walls, Alison Ong and Kritika Rai. Together, we led a workshop for 50 school children to find out what they make of recent research from UCL, showing that young people who spend a lot of time on social media show increased signs of depression. The event was organised by ICLS and the National Literacy Trust. I started by asking Alison about the thinking behind the event. The overall aim is to promote the intelligent use of social media among adolescents and uh, we just wanted to give them some space to reflect about their own social media use, how it's impacting their lives and those around them, and we hope to do so by actively engaging them with the latest research findings to see if it resonates with them and gather their insights into the topic as well. And uh, finally, we hope that they would then take this home and apply it into their lives by changing how they interact with social media and just to make the most of the benefits social media has to offer while avoiding its potential pitfalls. Okay, and then um, Kritika, when it came to the nuts and bolts of what we'd actually be doing on the event um, and how we could make it as engaging as possible for the young people, what did we decide? How did we do that? From the get-go, we kind of realised that like the research that Professor Vaughan Kelly did and her research findings, they were very, very much like directly linked to these young people that we were actually going to do the event for. We just didn't want to kind of formalise a discussion um, about social media, especially because it's something that they can so easily connect to. The basic concept of this activity was we would grab some volunteers from the audience and then we'd switch them out so then everyone got to go throughout the whole um, activity. And then we'd read out statements related to social media use. So for example, we would say something like, um, social media is the first thing I check every day. And then uh, these young people would move to the sign that said either agree, strongly agree, disagree, or strongly disagree. And then they would justify why they were in that position, so why they agreed or disagreed. What was really interesting about this particular activity was that we really got them thinking about their use of social media. Um, and at the same time, it really gave us an insight into what they were thinking and like their experiences. So for example, with that prompt that I just said, the really simple, social media is the first thing I check every day, it really allowed them to grasp how much of a habit social media was. We got them to at least think about the way they interact with social media, but also we kind of, I think, allowed them to change or at least think about the ways that they could change the way they interact with social media. The session was really good. I think it was really, I liked the way it was really interactive. So it really got everyone thinking. So when we use social media, we don't actually think about ourselves using it, but today we actually thought about, wow, like I actually do use social media a lot, or like, we, it just got us thinking. And then we moved on to our second activity, which was basically a poster making session. We were in charge of um, different groups from these three schools that we worked with, and their task was to create top tips on their use of social media. And this was for people their own age or people younger. And this was split into three categories. One was sleep, the second was critical literacy and third was online harassment and this was some of these tips were based on uh, Professor Von Kelly's research and I think I can pretty much speak for everyone when I say um, some of these tips were really really good. They were great, yeah, yeah um, they were really good. <laughs> like I remember we, um, this one group came up with this a really catchy slogan and it was um, pause before you post wait no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were like oh, wait this could be used in like a public health campaign yeah. like <laughs> right now but I think that's kind of the crux of like what we actually wanted from this event. Yeah. So not only did we 
want to make these young people aware of what social media or smart social media use was, but we also wanted to kind of gain an insight into what they thought the issues were and kind of use their knowledge to learn from them. Let's talk about some of the other things to come out of the day. Um, <coughs> Lucy, you were particularly struck by the real day-to-day -day experiences of the young people themselves. So here's another clip um, of them talking about how their parents use their phones. If your parents are on their phone a lot, your, your mind automatically de like just go on your phone. They're very hypocritical. We went to a restaurant, so I, while we was waiting for the food, I was just searching through my phone, and then my parents were like, why well, stop doing that? And then when the food came, my parents were just on the phone talking to their friends. It makes me feel like very weird, like you say one person to stop, and then you do it yourself. It's, they're very distracted, like it's hard to, to get their attention when you want to speak to them. So Luce, what did you make of that, and can you tell us about some of the other things that stood out for you? Yeah, so what stood out for me there, especially the uh, the boy that mentioned, you know, if your parents on the phone a lot, your mind automatically goes to just go on your phone. And that kind of, that stood out for me because it shows that, you know, the, the influence that primary caregivers' behaviour have on the behaviours of their children. Mm -hmm. And it really, like, they set the tone for the home environment, which is really important. So it shows out what, what they do or what they would think is the norm would be the norm for their children yeah. the other one that stood out for me was um, just as common of one of the girls where they they said it's very hypocritical you know their, their parents being on the phone telling them not to go on their phone mm -hmm. so much or not on social media and then doing it themselves whilst they're having dinner um, I mean that's that's a bit of a conflicting messages or message them yeah. for children Another one that, that was kind of a bit that pulled up my heartstrings a little bit was the availability of the parent as the child getting the needed attention. You know, especially when you think about depression and children, you know, they need to have a place where they can uh, vent, where they can trust someone, speak to them, speak yeah. to them about what's going on. Especially when a lot of online environments can be very harsh. I remember that one boy mm. talked about... Um, wanting to be loved and online is not a place where you get love and kindness and respect so yeah, yeah definitely yeah. one of the students the young people suggested that we should rerun the event for their mums and dads <laughs> which is really you know mm. crystallized the whole idea for me that they actually want their parents to have more intelligent mm. use of social media really yeah there's a boy who quoted i think social media is good you can see what's happening around the world but it can also be bad not spending as much time with your family. And I think that's really a nice example of how they perceive their kind of surroundings, their, their home life, um, and how it might be affecting them. In the run-up to the event, we spent some time talking with the National Literacy Trust about the importance of good literacy skills for young people who are seeking and also sharing content online. Critica, how was this explored at the event and what did you make of what the young people told us? Throughout the entire planning stages of this event, all I could think about was how much of a presence critical literacy has in social media and how much it needs to be applied online. I was never given a proper formal education on critical literacy until I think my GCSEs. Um, and, I, and even then I don't think I was ever taught about digital literacy or anything like that. But I guess even when I was 14-ish, I don't think I could have ever applied it to a practical sense. No. Um, it's funny, like a skill that you learn exactly. in class, but you yeah. would never think to apply it to 
online mm. use and things. Also, I would say, like, even in a practical sense, I don't think I needed it as much as mm -hmm. these adolescents do now yeah. because it's everywhere. Like, you need to use it everywhere now. I grew up with the internet, but just as, like, social media was just taking off. So I was kind of exposed to the concepts of, like, clickbait and fake news, but it was always, like, the very, very overt or, like, the very obvious kind, like, yeah. click here to get a million dollars or, like, a million pounds. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, okay. But nowadays, the skill to kind of critically analyze online is needed on a much, much larger, but also at like a much more subtle way. And I think that was made very, very, very blatant in the event, especially during the first agree and disagree activity, um, where a few of the students expressed how they had actually wanted to buy something a social media influencer had posted on Instagram without actually reading up more on the product, like sugar bear hair gummies yeah, or, yeah. or anything like detox teas. But despite the fact that they were very, very aware that this was kind of um, problematic and the issues surrounding that, they still wanted to buy the products. Yeah. So it kind of shows that they were kind of aware of the issues, but they didn't really apply their critical literacy in a sense where it would actually help them. Um, it was very obvious that they had come across things like clickbait or fake news on an almost daily basis. Um, but when I was speaking to one of the, one of the students in those groups, they had jumped to conclusions about like things um, in the news about social justice issues when they were talking to their friends because of something they had read online. It's not only just the concept of believing everything you read, but it's also about how digital literacy doesn't need to be kind of dressed up in like flashy clickbait or fake news uh, for you to be critical of it. Um, and in that poster-making session, I think one of the top tips they'd made from that session was read the same news topic but from different sources. That wasn't something that they had considered obvious before. Of the, the other top tips that came up, um, a lot of it was about you know how might young people protect themselves from the dangers online whilst also getting the most out of it. Uh, let's hear some of their thoughts. Keep social media to a minimum and express yourself to the outside world. I would just say be you. Don't change for other people. It should be used occasionally at home and if you're out on your friends, take a break from it. If you feel it's getting too much, just take a step back and then if you want to go back, you can, but if you don't, then don't. Like, no one's forcing you to be on social media. If someone's bullying you at school and they're starting to bully you on social media, block them, ignore it, walk away, don't talk to that person again. Stay off social media if you don't feel confident. Be yourself and if someone has posted a picture saying, oh, you, this is like the top thing, you can't wear anything else but this top. Unless you feel comfortable in that piece of clothing, you shouldn't wear it and yeah, just walk away, block them. Say if you come across an account that you don't really like, don't get involved with it. If you think it's not, if it's not right, if it's not something that you wouldn't do normally, then don't do it. If you see something that's kind of disturbing, you speak to someone about it instead of like bottling it in because it could lead into some other things. If there's an account that like posts people that look perfect or like this generation's idea of perfect, I feel like you should just keep away from that kind of thing. Try and stay off of it as long as possible, as long as you can kind of hold off. There's just a lot of pressure surrounding it and if you are going to join it, I would say strictly kind of make it private and don't use it for the wrong reasons. Pause before you post because I think that's really important because you could get into quite a lot of trouble if you don't think. 
So Alison, were you surprised by any of the comments that were made? Yeah, yeah, I think we were all quite surprised by the level of self-awareness and emotional intelligence shows, <laughs> shown in their tips. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think the message was that people can be critical and active users of social media. So for example, uh, people don't have to be impacted passively by the content that they view or the comments that they read. Instead, you know, it's okay to take a step back. It's okay to push back if they feel that it's doing more harm than good than, uh, to their well-being. And uh, yeah, they mentioned that they can choose not to give in to peer pressure or choose what content they see, uh, block certain sites yeah. or remove themselves from toxic environments and just choose better ways to respond to hurtful comments. Yeah. And I think the event has sort of empowered them that as social media users, they can contribute to creating a healthier and more positive social media experience for all. These tips are definitely applicable to adults as well. I think like throughout the whole event, um, the one thing that we really wanted to kind of um, push was, uh, it wasn't that social media is bad and they should stop using it, but it was more um, how to promote the smarter use of social yeah, media. Yeah. And I think we really got, well I hope we really got through um, that concept of um, being aware of how much social media you're using or being aware of the issues that social media can cause rather than just saying stop using Snapchat, stop using Twitter. Yeah, I think for me, I mean we've touched on it a lot, but I was definitely surprised by how many of them had really good systems in place for looking after themselves online exactly. and, and not letting it affect themselves too much. They were really conscious users, they had, you know, they weren't using their phones in their bedrooms, they weren't using their phones at school, they weren't, and, and even though they came up with these real frustrations with their parents for doing those things, they did, They had thought it through. Exactly. Um, yeah, and, and how to not get very emotionally tied into the content. Um, there are some really great clips from young people um, talking about how to not let social media affect how you see yourself. Uh, and yeah, to be honest, I kind of came away from the event really thinking that this generation of are great and actually it's a lot of the people in their 20s potentially who really grew up in the full glare of social media and its mm -hmm. pressures yeah. who really need to reflect on how much they use social media and if it's affecting their mental health and their general well-being. I think also we have rules now like um like you said, like we used to put everything online, but I think yeah. now it's like everything you post online, there's no way that it can get deleted. It's yeah. there forever. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why this generation is a lot smarter about their social media use um, than we ever were, I think, because now they know the repercussions. They know like why social media has these effects on them. Um, whereas, like you said, like people in their 20s or people like us, uh, we, we just... We grew up with it and now we're kind of facing like, oh, this is why I think like that. Yeah. <laughs> or this is why we have um, like these standards in our heads. It was really interesting because we really got to see that these students, that these very young people, they were very, very self-aware of the fact that um, Kim Kardashian or any celebrity out there is what is making me think like this about my body or this is what's making me think about the way I do my makeup or the way yeah. I do my hair. Mm. And I think this event that we did really kind of pushed the concept of this is what's happening, but this is how you can kind of stray away from that, or this is how you can deal with that better. They were already really self-aware. We had some good responses, I think, from a lot of the students that this kind of helped them pinpoint a bit more um, into specific situations. 
and I'd really hope that you know that a lot of them talked about really enjoying the day and I would yeah. hope that you know we were only able to do it for 50 students but might those 50 students have gone and told their families and their friends and their other students at school about the event and get a bit of a kind of ripple effect of yeah. children in this age group thinking about their use and how it could affect them. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life Course podcast, which was presented by me, Emma Walker, and produced by Chris Garrington. Thanks to my guests and to Professor Yvonne Kelly, whose research we presented at the event. Thanks also to the National Literacy Trust for their support in organising the event, to Renaissance Learning UK, who kindly hosted us, and to all the fantastic school children who took part.